Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to today's episode, episode 57. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, busy week this week, bud. How's everything going? Good, man. Good week. I uh, got to go to the Desk and Dirt Club up in Fort Worth yesterday and hear uh, Texas Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian speak. That was good. Um, you know, got the kind of the, the Texas hourly stuff going on around the house. But uh, but other than that, man, it's good. Getting Looking forward to, you know, I am less than a month away from the Fort Worth YPE event. Um, I, guess, I, th- I guess a month would be on Tuesday. And so Josh, the Loch Ness Monster Shelton, will not be there. But I will be there emceeing the event, having crawfish, cold beverages, hanging out with Pudge Rodriguez. If you if you want to be there, you should be there, first off. It's at Colonial, the, th- the 13th hole. Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. Send me an email. I will get you in contact with those people. Um, I am really excited about this event, Josh. Um, it is going to be a good time, I believe. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Well, Ryan, uh, you know, it's convenient that you got to, you know, meet, uh, go listen to Wayne. We actually had an article or two on him last week. I told him uh, that. I told him that. You? I said, hey, we, we talked about your stuff on the show. He kind of looked at me. I was like, no, no, it was, it was all good. It was all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he hears people talk about him a lot. So it's probably one of those deals. He's like, okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Josh, I didn't even tell you about this. So the other day, um, I don't really use Spotify, but I have submitted our podcast to Spotify. So, um, you know, you can get the show on Spreaker, which is where we, where we recommend right now, at least for Android users, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. But we might be on Spotify soon. And so um, I'm going to tell you about that, but I need to tell our listeners, too. So hopefully we will get, get approved for Spotify next week or two. We'll see. And um, if so, that would be a great spot. I know, I know it's pretty popular. As a former iPhone guy, I didn't really ever use it. Um, now that I've gone to Android, I might get into Spotify. Do you, do you ever use uh, Spotify? I don't. I don't. I mean, me, it's uh main main thing I use is just iTunes app, the podcast app. Right. Right. Well, I know they got a lot of music and stuff. It's a pretty popular deal. So uh, yeah, I put it in there absolutely. and uh, we will let you guys know, hopefully next week or two, if we get that. But first, before we go further, we need to thank our sponsor, which is, of course, Drilling Info. If you'd like $100 and you don't have a Drilling Info account, globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse, globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse. Go there. You get a free $100 to start your land account today. Um, really excited about that offer, Josh. I like $100. Well, you got so much money, $100 doesn't matter to you. But for me, the, the common man, $100 is a big deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Ryan, uh, I have some some notes here. We had a couple of written reviews that, that came in early last month. No, early this month, sorry. Uh, two of them came in. We mentioned one last week, C. Clark 1970. Uh, he wrote a review that says, always informative, down-to-earth conversations, really enjoy. Uh, Ryan, you had mentioned he is working on our decals. Is that right? Yeah, so uh, Cody's with U.S. Safety Sign Decal. He was on the Patterson 219 um, show we did a couple weeks ago. So if you want to hear him there, you can hear him there. Um, but our hard hat stickers, if you've gotten our hard hat stickers, then you can see – you know, the work that they did there for us on those are our hard hat sticker sponsor. Um, and they sponsored the signage at the two uh, the Patterson 219 event. Um, really good folks over at U.S. Safety Sign Decal and really appreciate all they do. Awesome. Awesome. Ryan, we also have another one. Um, I got Artrod84. 
he gave us a five-star review and a written review on April 7th. He His review says, been in upstream petroleum 10 years. Listen to this on my commute. I like the Texas Focus and guest appearances. Running jokes are still work. Uh, running jokes are still working. Keep up the good work. So I uh, appreciate that, Artrod. Thanks for the review, man. And we'll we'll do our best. Yep. And um, Josh, if you want to leave a review, obviously iTunes is the best place. Five stars or higher is what we prefer. What we prefer. Um, and a little written comment also helps out. We get feedback. If you want questions, we ha- we didn't do a first question Q and A last month, and we hadn't talked about it because we kind of we had the Patterson event and it's been busy. Um, next Friday is First Friday, so if we're going to do a First Friday Q and A, we really need to get some questions in. If not, we'll do one probably um, the beginning of May. So First Friday Q and A, um, we would like to get back to doing that, but we need some more questions. Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. All right. Well, Ryan, uh, there's a couple of a couple of articles that came out this week. Uh, you know, obviously, anyone with uh, any interest in industry knows that the oil prices are going up. Uh, we have some uh, some news that some hedge fund investors are starting to pour some money into oil firms as they predict surge to you know to eighty dollars. So you, I think how long ago was it, Ryan? We were really talking about hedge funds, and that was really the key. I think it was. This time last year, I believe, maybe 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 June last year, where oil prices were down and they were hedge funding it at like fifty dollars a barrel, um, but it seems like these hedge funds are are surging and pouring some money uh, as they're predicting going up to eighty dollars a barrel. So I anticipate I mean, we we talked about it last year that hedge funds are going to be a, a play a big part in the oil and gas industry. Um, people locking in these these prices uh, and companies can make you know longer term commitments. Yeah, um, I think there's a couple things there. First off, um, it's gonna be interesting to watch and see what happens. You know, I always like watching the the hedge funds because you know they've got a ton of money, and then what they're in, where they're investing is you know kind of an indicator of where the money we think the money's going. It doesn't mean they're right. Hedge funds get it wrong a lot, but but they put a lot of money into it. And as you mentioned, um, you step back and watching how the market's hedging itself out. Um, the more hedges that you know, we saw a lot of hedges third quarter last year for fifty dollars a barrel. I know some producers are probably kicking themselves for that. Um, I think the big takeaway here is you're seeing right now there's a big debate going on in the industry as a whole over what's going to happen the second half of this year. And I think that's kind of what we said, Josh. You know, going back a few months was we expected we expect long term prices to be good. The first half of this year we thought would be good. The second half we're not really sure. And you know, there are some debates. Summer Jade just came out the other day and said that, you know, um, that the price could go up. It could go up for, um, I'm, just, I'm trying to remember how they put it, but basically, you know, there needs to be more investment to get the pipe, uh, to get the product out of the ground and where it's going. Um, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. And so the, the supply and demand balance is everyone's looking at that right now going, okay, well, where's it going to go and how's this, you know, how's this going to play out long term? Obviously, with like Venezuela, they keep declining. Prices seem to go up. The shell producers so far have not, you know, taken the price and knocked it back down to 20. Some people thought that would be the case. Um, the hedge funds are sitting here looking at it going, okay, you know what? Um, you know, prices are going up. There's no reason to believe they won't. Now, the question I think is, and I saw some debate on Twitter about this the other day, um, is, you know, what, what, what what's going on in the U.S. economy? And I'm not an economist, but just, just statistically speaking, if you kind of look at it, at some point you're due for a recession. We are statistically due for a recession. Now, some people argue during the Obama administration we kind of had one. It just wasn't a normal one. Um, but some people say, no, that wasn't one. We're, we're still due for one. Um, and so it has nothing to do with Trump or Obama. It's just kind of a time period deal. 
if you had a recession, that obviously could impact prices. Um, so I, there's a lot going on right now. The fact that the hedge funds are going in and saying, hey, we're going to invest is a good sign. Um, but I don't. I think it's one of those deals where I kind of follow the money, but I also got to remember, hey, you know what? Um, you know they are wrong, but no, I, I do think it's a great indicator that if these hedge funds are pouring in money, that they are excited about where the price may go. And, yeah, right. And, 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 one, one final thing, Josh. One final thing. Um, one uh, on these, just remember, you know, as you know, I know Josh and I've talked about before, we're very much free market guys. We like you know the capital they're putting the money where the mouth is. Um, but do remember that these companies um, they do invest, but then a quarter later, if they change their opinion. They will drastically shift their their position. So um, these are articles are good to follow, but you got to keep following them to see exactly what these positions are because they could pour it in today, and in the next quarter they could pull it back out. So make sure you do that too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm you know what I'm looking at, Ron, is uh, is looking at the looking at the hedge funds. I wonder, I wonder uh, how much these companies are able to, I guess do more drilling than they normally would have because they weren't sure where the prices were going to were going to go. You know, we talked before if the market's stable then they can make longer term plays and have I guess plans for like a 6-month job instead of a 60-day job or a 2-year job instead of a 6-month job where they can actually have longer term plans. Uh do you think the hedge funds really help help that um just in terms of being able to create a little bit more stability for these companies? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um you know, I think it's one of those things where, and we talked about this before, the demand side of the equation is always hard to figure out. The supply side isn't easy, but we at least have some metrics to look at. The demand side of the equation is really what's hard to figure out. And so right now, everyone's looking at the market saying it's it's, it's either balanced or maybe the supply is a little bit short. Um, and so they're looking at that going, okay, well, if the demand is up and the supply is low, then we're going to have to, obviously, you know, uh, the price will go up, so you have to increase the supply. The question that you're getting to is, is long-term stability. Well, what's going to happen is is if companies start pouring in money and Wall Street kind of says, you know what, hey, um, go out there and get that drilling program ramped up. We're going to give you money too. And, and people's, you know, the banks and the hedge funds and all these people start kind of pouring the money back in, well, the drilling programs will increase. Then the question is, and this is part of this debate, is how – effective will these wells continue to be long-term um you know you know like uh mark mark papa talks about we're out of tier one we're getting we're getting close to being done with tier one drilling locations will these tier two tier three locations be as profitable that's kind of the debate if they are as profitable and the money gets poured in there then you would expect you would expect the price to come back down again though that's that's the demand's not factored into that you're just kind of going off of just general logic if the demand increase increases exponentially well then it's hard to keep up OPEC mm-hmm. said a few months ago that they don't think the U.S. shell producers can keep up with global demand. And I tell you something, I know we're not talking about um, geopolitics on the show today, but this Trump-North Korea deal, I, I'm not, listen, North Korea, they're liars, they're, they're the worst government on earth, and I have no hope, is, is just generally speaking, with North Korea because they are bad people. But with that being said, if Trump can pull off the Hail Mary and get them to roll back and actually get them to open up their, their borders a little bit, open up their economy a little bit. That's 25 million people, which is about the population of Texas. I think 20, Texas is like 28 million people. So you're talking about 25 million people coming into the first world. Not, not the first world, um, the, the, the modern century. Because these people live like in the 1970s in some parts, even older, um, because of how restricted they are. So the, the demand for oil and gas, you know, that's not going to revolutionize the market but you just look at that and you go huh okay 
Well, if that, you know, if they, if their economy actually starts to grow, these people will live longer. They will have more need um, for oil and gas products. You know, they'll have more children. All of this stuff that oil and gas is used for, they will start to demand it. And I think that's the hard thing to predict. Just, just taking that one very small issue and go, huh? Well, if North Korea comes on. How does that, how does that? impact predictions who's going to supply them with oil where you know what kind of deals are they going to make is it coming from is china going to buy it from the u.s and sell it to north korea so that when we talk about the demand side it's hard to figure out that's hard to figure out on the flip side the u.s mm. economy may slip and the demand may go down so you, you see you see it's, it's very complicated yeah. and i don't sympathize with those who do it that's why when i talk about the long term i'm a long-term optimist so i think the i think demand long term will go up but you know, you look at these short-term deals and you go, oh my, oh my gracious, you know, I don't know. If the U.S. economy slips and then North Korea somehow comes out and, you know, becomes a, the, the, the bastion of uh, capitalism tomorrow, what does that do? Well, it's kind of hard to predict. But 20 years from now, that's a fundamentally, fundamentally different story. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, thinking about some of that North Korea stuff, I, I, I wonder who would. I mean, uh, that I wonder who would supply that oil. That's something interesting to watch. I mean, that's it's a big Hail Mary, you know, even seeing them get to that point, you know, like you said, I'm doubtful. Right. It would probably watch. be, yeah, 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 sorry to cut you off. It's probably China. China and them do a lot of deals right now. China doesn't want, um, according to Michael Ballas, China doesn't want the North Koreans uh, defecting to their country. Um, mm. But China buys a lot of oil as it is. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see if North Korea were to become less communist, less totalitarian, um, China would seem to be the natural fit, and China buys a lot of its oil, and so China would be. So the question is, where does China buy the oil from? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, what kind of deals are in place? You know, and then they'd probably sell it to North Korea. Obviously, places like Russia and Saudis would want to get in in on that. I don't know if they could or not. But, you know, it's it's impossible to predict. I mean, you yeah, know, I, you know, but too many that's, moving parts. Yeah, too many moving parts. But that, that's just kind of my thoughts there. All right. Well, Ryan, we know we have like a kind of a weekly Corpus Christi uh, update. What we have here is another article uh, talking about another Permian Corpus Christi pipeline uh, set to be completed by the fourth quarter of 2019. This is the Gary Oak Pipeline. It'll be a joint venture with Phillips 66 Partners and Endeavor. Um, and they are supposed to be building a pipeline that will transport up to 700,000 barrels of crude oil each day from the Permian Basin to Corpus Christi. So big pipeline, big news, um, something that I'd, I'd really like to like to follow. Uh, I mean, because, you know, they have the, the, the canal that they're trying to deepen and widen, and they have these two pipelines. I forget the name of the other one that's going uh, to Corpus Christi. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there's a lot going to Corpus. You know, Epic, I think, was kind of the first one we ever yes, talked about. Right. Epic, um, yeah. And I don't know if Epic's done. I haven't followed up on that lately to see where that's at. But Epic was kind of this. Um, and I know that um, when Epic was going through its process, there were some other companies that were in the mix. And Buckeye was one of them to get those commitments for those producers. Um, and so Epic obviously got whatever commitments they got. And Buckeye got more additional commitments outside, outside of that. Um you know, this this is this is great news. It's great news, and I know our next story will kind of kind of blend these two together. Is Governor Greg Abbott talking about um, funding for the Corpus Christi? And we really have to get this thing done, Josh. I, and this is one of these things where it has to get done. And we were going to talk about bad ideas. Here is a bad idea. I saw the other day uh, David Blackman, I think, shared this, and it was an opinion piece that came up in the Houston Chronicle. And the, the the author, I don't know who he was, but he wasn't an actual reporter. He was just you know, someone who wrote an op-ed. And 
he was saying that Vol- that Texas is getting like two hundred six million from some lawsuit from Volkswagen. So real quick before I go any further, I'm assuming the facts are true. I, I'm not gonna. I'm just uh, talking about what he said in the article. So don't don't email me and say that's not true. That's just what he said. They get like two hundred six million from this this lawsuit. And then he was arguing in favor of using that money to, I think it was electric cars in Houston. I think is what it was. Electric cars in Houston is what he wanted to, to use. And I laughed so hard. Josh, where in the world could we use $206 million? I mean, like today. <laughs> like right here. Right here. This is where the $206 million needs to go to right now. If Now, I don't know if that money can be... Um, used for anything. Maybe it has to be used for green initiative or whatever. But if it can be used for anything, this is where it needs to go to. And oil and gas professionals, we need to be writing these kind of pieces saying, hey, this lawsuit, again, assuming the money can go anywhere, it needs to go here to Corpus Christi, and it needs to go there now. Or the state needs to go ahead and free up $206 million from the rainy day fund and then take that money and put it back in the rainy day fund to replace it. This is this is the no-brainer of no-brainers. And we, as oil and gas professionals, one of the things that we struggle with, Ryan Ray's number one problem here, is that we don't think like this. And I'm not saying this this guy with the Volkswagen money is a bad guy or had a bad idea. I'm just saying it's not the best idea. The best idea would be this, if we're talking about for energy, using this money for energy. That would be the best idea. And we, we've got to think about it in those terms. You know, how do we make sure that our message gets out there? This is important. It's important for the long-term um, um, job security of our of our state. It's important for long term deals globally. Um, you know, there's so many things that this will impact. Getting this port deal done, it is laughable, laughable, and a disgrace that this deal has not been done by um, in, in whatever government roadblocks are in the way. They should be ashamed of themselves. There is no excuse. This deal should be done, and um, it's good to see that Governor Abbott's calling for it to get done. Um, you know, will it get done or it's not will. When will it get done? I don't know. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully this thing gets uh, gets in the works. I mean, they're already saying that, uh, I mean, if it was approved now, it would be done by 2021. And, I mean, the supply that's, that's being uh, produced in the Permian, I mean, it needs a transport. I mean, we need to be able to get it, get it and get it exported. Um, and it, it Something like you said, it needs to be done uh, because it's going to put a squeeze on on our economy, uh, especially what what's going on now. If this if this doesn't this doesn't happen soon, I mean it. We're already two or three years out before it's completed. Yeah, and I, we we need to get Sean Strawbridge back on here just so he can pump his calls. But I really want to ask him, and if a listener knows, please email me right at globalenergymedia.com. Can the private sector fund this deal? Because that's the question I want to know. And if the private sector can fund it. You know, we need to be pushing for that because, you know, that's, and for my, my opinion is that's where it should be funded from anyways. But if it, if it can be, we really need to start having that discussion over, you know, companies and getting it still funded. And as you mentioned, the price would probably go down because they'd be wanting to monitor um, the project a little bit closer than the, than the government would be. But, you know, I, I would really love to hear Sean weigh in on that and help us out because it, it, it may not be. It may be some kind of legality or, you know, something. So I don't know. Um, but... I will say this, if it can't be funded by the private sector, then we need to change the law to let it be because the government is not getting anything done here. And, man, this is this is frustrating because you talk about 2021, that's right around the corner, but it's also a long way away, right? So we'll wake up you know, tomorrow, it'll be 2021. Mm. But in terms of the business deals and the amount of product that we could import and export, that's a long way away. 
That's two tankers because they're going to widen it, as you mentioned. One to come in, one to go out. And, you know, so that's two tankers, however often it is, that you're losing every day that this deal doesn't get done. Yeah, that's just massive, mass, massive money. I mean, so two perspectives. One would be from the perspective of profit. This is just a great deal that needs to happen uh, just because it's going to bring in more revenue to the state, more revenue to the port, more revenue to the, to the area. And then from a, a long-term stability, um, the, the amount of oil being produced needs to have, needs to have a, a way of being transported. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't see, I don't see why there would be any holdup. Why, what, what, well, I don't understand the benefit of, of, I mean, even from an environmentalist perspective, if anybody wanted to stop it, I mean, it, it is not really going to help anyone to postpone or it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me why this being you know, prolonged and delayed as much as it is. Yep, yep. And this is why I'm, I don't know, I'm not red here, but this is why <laughs> we talk about government, man. This is why we're so hard on them. And I think, you know, as someone who identifies more as a libertarian, um, you know, than, than probably a, a Democrat or a Republican, um, you know, this is why when we look at them, I think consistently you have to be hard on, this, on the government because consistently they, they misuse funds, consistently they, they delay things, consistently they are the problem. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm not saying that government, you know, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, but right now, this is something that needs to get done. The market needs to be able to breathe here. And, uh, man, we got we got we to figure this thing out. And so, um, you know, I don't know what the answer is other than someone needs to cut a check from somewhere. Yeah. Well, Ryan, uh, you mentioned some of the stuff going on in the Permian. There was an article that came out this week that says that Permian takeaway constraints are likely into 2019 for natural gas and oil. Uh, I'm sure this is something you've been following this week, doing uh, some of your some of your live feeds that you were running this week. Did you have a chance to uh, look look over this? Yeah, I mean, this is a something that's been we, we talked about on some other podcasts. I do. Um, this is a problem. And we need to get we need to figure out how we're going to solve it. I say we, um, you know, people need to figure out how they're going to solve it. Um, first off, you have natural gas, and natural gas. There's just not a big demand for natural gas pipelines right now from the pipeline companies. Like they're not just begging to lay pipeline. Um, there are some being laid. Obviously, we saw an Apache deal that came out a couple weeks ago, a month ago, whenever it was. Um, but you know, I, it, it seems like um, you know what happened was. Um, you had a deal where um, a couple years ago, so everything's booming, oil's at $100. And then as the price dropped, the drilling fell off, but the pipelines kept being, being built because their, the, their timetable is a little bit different than, than the drilling schedule. So they kind of kept being uh, being built. Well, then as they started to die off or slow down or whatever term you want to use there, the drilling started to creep back up. But the drilling, when it creeped back up, um, a, there's probably some excess pipeline capacity that they could have used. But B, they probably weren't ready to commit to pipeline um, being built and transporting their, their oil or their gas because the prices were so low. Well, now all of a sudden, we see the pipeline, the, the prices back up. And so now to kind of catch up with that deficit, you're kind of in that spot where you got to go back and say, hey, you know, now we've got to build you know this much pipe to make up for this kind of um, this, this, this swing area where it was built. And... You know, I, I don't think – when I say it's probably got to get fixed, it's something got to get fixed just because um, transporting through pipelines is the cheapest way to do it. So from that standpoint, a business standpoint, it's something we need to get done. Um, it will get done. The market will take care of this. Um, and, it's, I, and I'm not – there. this is an issue I don't think that we want to be critical of anyone on because 
you know, I understand the producers going, hey, when the price was kind of $40, $50 creeping up, you know, we weren't really sure how long it was going to stay there. So committing to pipeline projects, you know, we weren't really sure about that. Um, and so it makes sense that this is a problem. But this is actually another good problem to have because what's will, what will probably happen is these pipeline deals will be getting, um, you know, signed and agreed to, you know, two, three, fourth quarter this year. As the article talks about, it'll go into the second half of 2019, which means that even if drilling drops off again, so if the prices go back down in the second half, these pipelines will still be getting built in the 2019, which means there will still be jobs for people um, who are out there in the field working. Yeah, well, Ryan, uh, you know, we looking at some of this stuff. I think uh, I, I'm hoping that some of these uh, some of these regulations and things that are that are happening would definitely loosen up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think on on these on these small gathering stuff or even you know some of the large, larger pipelines you can do with regulation. Um, you know, the question would be is you know how much of this is going to be government land and stuff like that. But you know, if you're dealing with government land, private landowners for the most part, um, you know, they can get these deal, they can get these pipes, uh, pipeline systems put in place. The longer pipeline, obviously, you're going to have more problems, more permits, stuff like that. Um, it's really going to be about the producers agreeing and committing to the pipeline companies, and that's kind of I think it was pioneer or apache a few weeks ago came out one and said hey you know producers you need to start committing to these pipeline projects or we're all going to be in uh, we're all going to be in trouble here because you know um we're going to lose so much money by trucking it compared to putting pipelines and at some point all the pipelines will be full and then you know then the lag really becomes long um and so the natural gas issue is a big issue because the price the natural gas prices are so low uh, but the oil issue is also a real issue too well, Ryan, we are going to have a new segment to our show. We're going to call it the Texas Roundup. We're going to bring jobs, mergers, acquisitions, uh, any kind of news that, that we think uh, could have an impact on the Texas economy, oil input or exports, imports, um, anything that, that we think is pertinent to the people that may give them some information they can use to you know, find opportunities or you know, any, anything like that. So this week we have – Two pieces uh, that we want to mention, Chenier advances financing plan to fund third unit at Texas LNG export terminal. Uh, so that, uh, you know, we've been talking about Texas LNG, working out some deals with China uh, to supply uh, you know, LNG to them. I mean, this is big, big deal. So they're, they're uh, I think, making some moves to, uh, to have enough, uh, enough capability to produce and transport uh, the amount of natural gas that they need. The second one is Sundance Energy Australia announces acquisition of Eagleford assets. Uh, so Sundance Energy is making some moves in the Eagleford, and uh, it is a, a deal for $220.1 million, and it is they're getting 21,900 net acres. So Sundance Energy making some moves in the Eagleford, uh, the company to watch for based out of, uh, based out of Australia. Like to like to keep our eye on them uh, for sure. I think they're buying it from Pioneer, I believe, Ryan. Pioneer yeah. Natural Resources. Yeah, I, I think so. So that's I don't know. Um, we have to tally it up. I think that maybe all of Pioneer's stuff. I know they're selling everything. We talked about a while back. They're selling everything, but going on the Permian, um, going only on yeah, the Permian. So I don't know. I don't know how much more they got left in the um, Eagleford, but um, yeah, they they said they're getting out of everywhere, everywhere else, and they're yeah. they're sure doing it. <laughs> yeah, they wasn't joking. They wasn't joking. Well, Ryan, we also have uh, drilling, drilling info. We 
pull our rig count from them every week. Normally we pull this on a Friday, so uh, this one will be slightly different this week. But today, Ryan, as of this morning, we were at 1,093, 1,093. So uh, getting close to that 1,100 mark. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, the production per rig, though, is really up, and that's what's impressive about what's going on. Um, yep, and uh, yeah, today we're recording on Thursday, so when Josh talks about uh, normal, that's why it's a little bit different if you kind of keep up with that stuff. Um, Josh, we, we want to thank our sponsor again before we get out of here, which is, of course, Drilling Info. You get a free $100 by going to globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse, globalenergymedia.com slash courthouse. Uh, you want to send us a question, comment, concern? Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. And if you could, leave a written review in iTunes, five stars or higher. Um, you know, if you want to talk about how great Ryan is and how Josh is like the Loch Ness Monster hadn't been seen, um, that's fine. You can you can put that in there too. No one will get mad. I, I will gladly read that one online on air for you guys. Um, so, But a good episode today, Josh. Good to be, you know, it should be episode 50, 58, but uh, it's technically 57 because uh, the episode that didn't get aired, the one that got away. Yeah, <laughs> forever gone it seems. Man, that that's still I, I still haven't found that file. I don't know what happened to it. It went in my trash bin. Like literally, it's gonna be. It, it must have gotten renamed or something because uh, I don't know. I cannot cannot find it. But uh, but Josh, we got some exciting stuff coming up. I know we got some. Uh, we're gonna try to get on Commissioner Wayne Christian, um, and we have some other guests that we've been talking to. The folks over at Pink Petro, I believe, we're looking at having them on. Um, and there's someone else, I believe uh, Joe Dancy, who we talked to about coming on potentially. So a lot of good guests we're trying to get on over the next few weeks. We hadn't had on Sergio and David in a while. Probably need to get them back yeah, on. Yeah, we'll get them on. I, I think uh, we, we were there was a few people that were looking to come on the show uh, in, in advance of the YPE event that you're going to be going to. Yeah, that's uh, right. They haven't, they haven't gotten back with me on some dates. I sent them like six dates, six or seven dates that they were supposed to fill in. So uh, it reminds me. I'll follow up with them today and see if they have any any uh any updates uh surely we can get on two or three before uh the 25th this month yep 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 and um i'm excited about that excited about that uh ryan at globalenergy.com if you want to get more information about the crawfish bowl for the ype on may 24th and reminds me final plug at texel and guest podcast on instagram if you want to follow the show there okay josh well that's all i got you got anything else buddy that's it, man. Okay. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, keep climbing.